0: Church, it's good to have you join us in our uh, Rhythms of Hope series. If you're just tuning in today for the very first time, feel free to head back on our YouTube channel and you can catch up. Today I'm kicking off part one of a two-part uh, topic, uh, sharing Jesus. Pastor Jace will pick up um, the second part. And uh, I think this is a perfect topic for us to be talking about in this season uh, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, um I think you when know, our entire worlds have been upended, uh, when our, our usual um, routine has just been absolutely thrown out of the window and everyone is learning how to pivot and to adjust to this, this new normal that we find ourselves in. Um, this topic of sharing Jesus has, for me, an incredible sense of comfort um, because the call to be salt and light um, in our worlds is unchanging. So no matter what is going on around us socially, no matter what's going on around us politically or pandemically, um, there are always people in our worlds that don't yet know the life-changing reality of a relationship with the God of the universe. Secondly, I think it's a great thing for us to be talking about because our world needs hope now more than ever. And and thirdly, simply because too much navel gazing. Uh, I think can actually be detrimental. It's quite widely known that we actually need something external to us that is bigger than us, a purpose that surpasses us, that we can actually give our lives to um, and help us actually take our eyes off of ourselves at some times and place our eyes firmly on, 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 what, on what God is doing. Um, in the world. And someone once said that life's heaviest burden is to have nothing to carry. And perhaps you might feel like that, you know, with everything that's been stripped away from you in your world right now. Um, That's why I think it's great for us to take a moment to look at a responsibility, to look at a charge, something, uh, a purpose, something that you and I I, I can carry, that Jesus says we will always carry. Um, So we'll turn to Matthew chapter 5, uh, it says in verse 14 to 16, reading from the message version, it says, you are here to be light. If you ever wondered why you're here, Jesus says it clear as day. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this as public as a city on a hill. Jesus says, if I make you light bearers, don't think that I'm going to hide you under a bucket. No, I'm going to put you on a light stand. I'm going to put you on a hilltop. And once you're there, I want you to shine. Keep open house, he says, obviously within CV guidelines. He says, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And I love that ending statement then. We'll return to that. Um, in a couple of minutes. So I have three thoughts to help us share Jesus in this season. The first one is this, let love lead you. Let love lead you. Don't bring up Jesus in a sense of obligation. Bring Him up out of a sense of joy, a sense of passion fueled and led by the Holy Spirit. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, a powerful statement. He says, Christ's love compels us. It's a beautiful picture of being led by love, where our agenda is love, our motivation is love. See, being led by love safeguards us from getting religious, it safeguards us from getting pious, safeguards us from getting judgmental, and it keeps our lips full of compassion and mercy. So when you're talking to your neighbor, your friend, or your family member who doesn't yet know God, be sensitive to the heart of God and let love lead you. The second thought is this, fight the right battle. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 to 5 is, an, is a powerful passage. We'll look at it and it says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Pause there for a second. See, it's human nature to love being right, to love appearing to be smart, clever, and sophisticated, but mostly it's human nature to love feeling justified in our actions and decisions. And that's why I'm so grateful that Paul says the weapons we fight with, though, are not the weapons of the world. I Meaning we don't have to get involved with the things that um, the world normally adheres to with trying to appear smart or clever or sophisticated or trying to wrestle with people's sense of justification with their actions and decisions. Because Paul is saying the weapons that we fight with actually transcend human nature. They transcend our pride. They transcend um, our, our decisions and they actually begin to deal with the spiritual condition and atmosphere that holds us captive. He says, these weapons, prayer and the word of God, to give you insight into the weapons he's talking about, are contrary to the weapons of the world. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive. Catch the strength of scripture here. Our weapons, prayer and the word of God, have divine power to demolish strongholds, and then the resulting arguments and pretension, because that pretense and that argument were never the actual issue. The spiritual atmosphere, the spiritual stronghold, the spiritual condition was. So if there's going to be an argument, if there's going to be a wrestle, fight the right battle. It's called the sword of the spirit because it's actually meant to be used in the spiritual realm, not as a beating stick slicing and dicing people around us. The first battle we all need to fight for our neighbor is spiritual. And I reckon truly, if we're led by love, we will find ourselves on our knees, breaking open heaven over our neighbor, long before we find ourselves in a theological discussion. Third thought is this, Share your experience, not your opinion. See, we can argue like we just talked about with others, theories and theologies and perspectives and opinions, but we can never argue with one another's experience. Here's a really powerful thought. What's changed your life has literally changed your life. It is obviously far more powerful than a theory, far more powerful than an opinion or just some perspective that you have in life. It's a reality. There is a substance to your story that cannot be disputed. It's why John says in Revelations 12 verse 11 that we were overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I don't know about you, but I am so grateful that knowing Jesus is an opinion that it's not a theory but instead it's life-changing power. So I close with this encouragement from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 4 to 5. Paul says, "My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words." Isn't that encouraging? You don't have to know how to perfectly package a 5-minute gospel presentation. It says, "instead it was with the demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. So open up to others. Circle back to Matthew 5. Open up to others about your story and share how the power of God has transformed your life and in so doing you'll prompt others to open up with God. Go and be salt and light church. Let love lead you fight the right battle and share your story.